Hello, everyone. Welcome to Citizen First Podcast. My name is Jojo. I have a special guest named Harar Hall on, and they do so much for the community, and I'm happy they came on. Uh, They are student activists, a politically active person on campus at Carleton and in the community. And in this episode, we talk about their role as a moderator in a social media platform on Facebook that helps people in Ottawa dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, We also talk about the challenges that they have faced with the team who are involved behind this group forum and how they had to formalize and organize social decorum and discourse all over. And I'm happy to hear that there are, is humanity in, in our community, even with this dire times that we live in now. And it was great to see people come together and showcase their, their, their kindness and thoughts to help people in need who may not have money or place to stay or resources. So it was nice for uh, my guests to come on and to talk about the behind the scenes and what they do. And um, I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you learn uh, as much as I learned from listening to them. And uh, yes, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. So obviously, as I'm here with you, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to talk to me uh, and to share uh, what you do, who you are, what inspires you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, honestly, like I think that it's, I always feel a bit weird talking about myself, um, but I also think that like in that we're talking about like ways that like people can sort of, I think, decenter themselves and really focus on the community. That's always something I'm really happy to talk about. Yes, I agree with that too, exactly. And um, could you tell me how would you describe yourself in a way? Like, what do people know you as? I know you as somebody who's always on the go, always politically <laughs> active. And, you know, seeing you at the Women's uh, Center in, uh, on campus, on Carleton, mm-hmm. you know, I see, I've seen you having some exchanges saying hello and stuff. So I know that you're very politically active and doing things like that so how who are you what you do (laughs) wow that's a that's a loaded question I know (laughs) (laughs) who am I um I guess like very simply so my name is Harar I am a non-binary uh queer Jamaican Canadian person um and like you were saying different people know me for doing lots of different things Uh, my pronouns are they them um and like you said, you've met me through uh, my work at the Women's Center on the Carlton campus. And so it's true, I'm really involved in like women's activism, um, specifically focusing on areas of like gendered violence um, and like support and advocacy for survivors. Um, and so, yeah, people maybe like know me through that. <laughs> um, I also do, I work with Oakhurst Carlton right now as their programming and outreach coordinator. Um, and I'm also the uh, VP external for the Carlton Bradstone Association. Um, so people might have also seen me through that. Um, in terms of like outside of organizations, I while I do think that there's a lot of power in terms of like 
people being able to like work within their institutions and create programming. And also I think the most powerful thing that I find is just like being able to use the money from institutions that might be like inherently racist or inherently sexist um, or xenophobic or transphobic or any of the other ways that they like oftentimes use their access and power to block people out. And then to be able to use that money to create access, to create spaces of inclusion, um, to create advocacy. I think that that is just like a really great way of subverting power, even if it's not necessarily um, doesn't necessarily overturn the system. I think it can be a really great way of reducing harm. Um, and I, so yeah, I do think I am also a very large advocate of harm reduction in lots of different ways. Um, and then I guess outside of that, like official work, um, you might know me from the COVID community care group, which I started um, right at the beginning of the outbreak. I also um, own a baking business. <laughs> Um, uh, that specializes mm. in vegan goods um, and have done a lot of um, work recently around um, anti-blackness and racism within vegan spaces. Um, and then I am also a spoken word poet and a visual artist. So you might also know me through those. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I might have seen you speak once on somewhere open, open mic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That is a lot. That's, uh, that's uh, a lot of things in, in, in a short uh, speaking point, eh? So I think yeah. <laughs> that, was like, that was really good. Um, but uh, I, obviously, I kind of knew that you were doing so many things um, just because I saw that uh, recently I found out that, yeah, you have like a baking business and stuff. So that was, that's really cool. I really, I really think that's really nice. I definitely want to try that because I like baked goods it's one of my <laughs> yeah one of the things I really like honestly doing. delicious food brings people together like I think it's it's so critical to community it is it really is um I like the part when you were telling me about how you want to use money and use it to create some opportunities for people who may not have opportunities like you know getting that out there I feel like that's a really good point to make because just for me working in the as like a youth worker and in the community for a while in Ottawa there's a lot of cuts and stuff and I, I find that the, there should be more funding with certain programs in certain areas and hiring more people especially people of color who who are um, you know know exactly what uh, the demographic is who they're targeting you know the at-risk youth uh, where I work majority are black uh, youth so just having more opportunities more workers I think that it's a I think you just you you uh, sparked an idea in my head so I, I really like the idea that you were trying to use money for creating yeah. opportunities yeah yeah I, I think it's always interesting when we like talk about like cuts um, in spending or like cuts in budgets to um, like either people who are doing community work or like programs for youth or like marginalized communities. And I think that like cuts like that always make me like upset obviously because it means that there are like cuts to opportunities, but also because like we know that the reality is that there's enough money um, for everyone to have everything they need. And then so sometimes I think about like the way that like oftentimes the money is basically just distributed to the people at the top. And it's always like, um, the people that need it most that end up suffering. And so I think that while I don't necessarily know how much I believe in the power of institutions to reform 
Um, I do think that it is important to protect people who are currently being harmed by those institutions and to redistribute the money that they have um, and the power that they have to the people that need it most. Mm -hmm. Yes, using using the that that power to allocate different areas that that need to be focused on, and, I, mm -hmm. and you can see it here in, in in the city where there's certain things being spent not the best way. Um, I wanted to touch upon uh, something that I saw during this whole pandemic online. I saw that you've done, uh, there is a COVID-19 community care Ottawa for a mm -hmm. Facebook group. I want to say that is a, I thought that was a very cool utility to use, especially mm -hmm. when there was like so many information out there and so many chaos, so many, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uncertainty and everything. And it was really nice to have something that was like organized and be like, okay, this is, okay, this is what people are saying and this is what, what's happening. So I'm hearing all these thoughts of people and um, it definitely felt like a community. How did that start with, how did you come up with doing that and who, who were you working with? Uh, yeah, it's actually, it's really interesting. And it honestly, it started from a place of like panic and fear. Um, and it was, I think that it just so happened that I think we were like the first community care group um, that was created because I think that it came like I can probably go back to the exact date it was March 13th I believe um and I went grocery shopping um and what I remember seeing because I was like I was like I think I might need to stock up on some essentials um for like two weeks just in case I get like sick that was like the information that public health had sort of sent out so it's like stock up on enough that you can like if you need to suddenly quarantine for two weeks, you'll be fine, but not so much that you're like taking for like months and months because that's like resource hoarding. Um, so like I, I did that. I went to the grocery store and I was like getting a couple canned goods. I'm also like a, I like am pescatarian. So I have like a largely plant-based diet. So like beans are really essential to my mm -hmm. diet already. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was, it was kind of, it was interesting um, because I like went to the grocery store and obviously um, toilet paper was completely gone. Um, oh the beans God. were like cleaned out and I was like, Ooh, I don't know what I'm going to do about food for the next little while. Um, and yeah, like I was still able to get things and I was, I'm, I feel very like, um, lucky that I was like, I never had to go without, um, throughout the like whole pandemic. And so I, I definitely think that that has a lot to do with like access and the fact that I like have a steady paycheck and that I didn't, I was never laid off throughout the, um, the pandemic, which I know that's like not the reality for most people. Um, but what I, what I did remember was I was really scared, um, because like I thought about how awful it would be to sort of like, um, and I think this is probably also like, I, I live far away from my family right now. They live in Toronto, um, but I came here for school and so I live here alone and I just like, I sort of like remember thinking about my mom like grocery shopping and like there's like um and my parents at grocery shopping and like they had five kids at the time like obviously me included uh now only four but like how much like food and resources you need um to keep a family afloat and how horrible it would be to like go to a grocery store and have everything cleaned out um and then also to know that your like kids are staying at home and then I also was thinking about like like elderly people who probably weren't able to make it to the grocery store like in that initial rush right because like maybe they just like don't have like the support or they don't have like the mobility or they don't have the freedom. And then similarly with like people who have like 
for immunocompromised, like how the people that probably needed those resources most were just not going to be able to get them because of the panic and the selfishness, I think, that a lot of the pandemic had created. And I do think that there was some extent, there's like a lot of stories about people just being really selfish. So like stocking up on like Lysol wipes or toilet paper and then trying to sell them at like a really, really um, huge price. But then I think also a lot of the stocking up was from fear because like there was so much misinformation and lack of information and no one knew what to do. Um, And so they they felt like they needed to hoard resources to keep themselves safe. Um, And I think that like in sort of like seeing that that was people's immediate reaction um, to sort of like a very stressful global national situation, I just like, I felt that there like had to be another way. And I think it's because we just didn't like, not like, like systems of community care have existed for so long. They have existed before capitalism. (laughs) um, And I hope that they exist um, beyond capitalism. Um, But I think that like, it was so easy for people to sort of like lock into their own individual need and not think about others. And I was just like, I think if we can remind people that there is a way to take care of your neighbors, there is a way to take care of your community, there's a way to take care of people who need more help than you do, then like people will do that. Um, And I think that like, obviously there have been like lots of ups and downs in the group and like um, issues to resolve. And like, I'm so endlessly grateful to the group of people who have moderated and admin and who have like done so much labor for this group because moderating a group um, of that size um, and with that like, the sort of like resource sharing and um, like just like the sort of like transactional nature of it does it does require a lot of oversight and I definitely would not have been able to do it alone so like I think that yeah I think that like having a group like that even if it was maybe initially my idea um, it couldn't have sustained itself without like even a community of admins um, and I think that's really important like we can't sustain community care on our own it requires like and it requires trust from like everyone you know everyone including the people who are like 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 everyone else in the group too right yeah everyone else in the group as well it's i think Mm -hmm. it's like we we created like community guidelines and i think that it was also very interesting because like i i don't i don't have much like i have no experience beyond before this like with moderating a facebook group but i've been in lots of facebook groups and i've seen the way that like it can be very easy to sort of like one just like people get into fights on Facebook all the time like I think that that's like unfortunately like just being behind a screen and also with the additional panic of the pandemic it's so easy for people to like get into conflict um I also think that this group is very unique in that it's like organized by people who um are very like socially justice minded um and we're mostly very young um and we mostly come from like a university context but the people that we're servicing don't aren't just like us. They don't just look like us. They don't just have the same backgrounds as us. And so I think there's also this huge convergence of people from different ages and different demographics and different neighborhoods that also exist within this group and all of their different ideologies. And I think it's been um, like really important to make sure that as all of those people exist within this space, we're still making sure that everyone feels safe, um, but also making sure that everyone has access to resources, which I think that can create a bit of conflict um, because we have a very like strict 
um, policy that we follow as admins for how we go about banning someone because we really don't want to ban anyone from this group. Like, I think that's been a thing that we've really talked about extensively that like we prioritize learning and we prioritize transformative justice in the way that we interact with members of the group um, because we recognize that like for many people, maybe not so much now, um, but I imagine if a second wave comes up then this will become more true again, but it was definitely true in the earlier days of the virus that it's like life and death, right? So like this is literally people's access to food, this is literally people's access to like support. Um, and if you don't have money, if you don't have resources to get those things and this group is like, maybe the only way that not only you get the things that you need, but your children. Um, and I think I was always very um, cognizant of the fact that like, this isn't just about like discourse or talking, it's literally about getting people the things they need to survive. Um, and so I think we definitely approached moderating um, and being an admin for that group with that knowledge in mind. So that's, yeah, so with, with you having, did you um like for you to get to that mindset did was that kind of like organic how it was something that you learned as you were doing this because i was gonna ask you like how did you how did you like even manage the flux of the discourse right and the comments mm -hmm. and everything because i even remember seeing things there right i saw like something like people will sh yeah you're right people behind screens are going to say crazy things to people. They're mm -hmm. going to say shitty things to people. Um, and so the shaming on certain things people will say, like how did you, as a, as your team, how did you guys manage all that? I think it's, it's a very valid question. I will say that I think it was also, I, I definitely came into this group with like my own ideas of how I think it should work. Um, and I think it was also like really important to collaborate with the people that I was admining with and recognize that like, and I, I think this is true of anyone, like no one should ever go into any space for the community with a perfect idea of how they think it should be run and then have it implemented in that way, because that's not community. Like community is like collaboratively thinking of things together. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely like altered some of my thoughts. Um, for instance, at first, I was like really against like approving posts. Um, but I think that over time, both talking to admins and also seeing the way that like, just like having an influx of information that sometimes wasn't really useful to this group was literally like stopping people from being able to like ask for help. Um, or it was meaning that like people weren't willing to like do like a quick search of like what had already been discussed in the, the group, but rather were like asking the same questions over and over again. Mm -hmm. and how that ended up not like not being useful and not being productive because it meant that people were having the same discussions over and over again. I also remember like a really big um, point of contention was um, like had to do with rent strikes. And um, as an ad admin team, we were always very upfront about the fact that we were very pro rent striking. Um, we were very pro um, tenants rights. Um, and that created a lot of tension with people in the group who were landlords themselves um, or who yes. um, like who owned property or just were very sympathetic um, to like mm -hmm. the causes of landlords. Um, and we've always like been very upfront that this group itself is not for organizing, but we will allow people to like reach out to organize. So for instance, like we will always be like, hey, like you can't like use this group as like 
an organizing hub, but if you like are like, hey, I have an idea, please join this other group because it like relates to this organizing topic, we, we will always allow that because I think it's also really, really important to know what the capacity of a given group is and to focus in on its purpose. So like, um, like reasons for existence can change, but if like, for instance, like discourse about landlords means that some people aren't getting food because their like comments are just like their posts are being buried, then like, that means that that discourse is overshadowing the initial need um, within the group. And so I think we were also very cognizant of um, that, which is like one of the reasons we started doing post approvals. And I think that that was ultimately a really good decision. Um, and yeah, I think it's been like, in terms of the way that we've approached discourse, I think that we allow people to speak their mind in a way that is ultimately respectful and doesn't harm anyone else. So we have, always been very upfront about when we're muting people for being harmful. And we've also tried to operate with the most amount of transparency. Um, so I don't know, you might see this from me or from other admins when we're, we like make a comment, we're like, we're turning off the comments on this post for these reasons. And we like list them. Um, or we're like, this person was muted for these reasons. And then we usually also follow up um, like by sending a direct message to the person that has been muted um, to tell them why they were muted and like to tell them that even if like they're muted for the next day, um, like if they want access to resources, they can message an admin and we'll make an anonymous post on their behalf. So it's both prioritizing the safety of people within the group and ensuring that no one ever doesn't get access to resources because of the hate of someone else in the group, but also making sure that like no one's access is denied unless they have actively been harmful on an ongoing basis and there are people that we've had to ban um because they just either like refuse to like be respectful of other people in the space on an ongoing basis but a lot of people have also just self-selected out where they've been like i don't want to be in this space because i can't say transphobic things and i'm like great we're not going to tolerate you saying transphobic things um and so yeah i think that's definitely but i, I definitely think that we prioritize learning and um, transformative justice in this group more because we recognize that the stakes are quite high. Um, and I think that that was also a learning curve for some of the admins who like maybe are used to spaces um, where the stakes aren't as high. So like how safe the space is and how much like harmful discourse is allowed is it's changed quite dramatically and how, and how um, also transparent you are about why you're doing things is very different because I think that like it's really easy coming from, I think, a very, like, um, organizing-based, social justice-based, um, um, like, not a bubble, but a space where certain things are understood, and a lot of language is understood as well, right? So, like, certain words just, like, carry meaning in spaces where everyone has the same understanding, but I think that it was also really important for us to recognize that a lot of the people of this group have never existed in those spaces before, so sometimes we would say things, we would use language that was really um just like a big part of the spaces we were a part of but they didn't know um or they didn't understand and so i think that it was also important for us to be transparent and to like prioritize education and the way that we spoke about certain topics okay um wow so i just hearing you i'm thinking like like there was probably because i'm thinking like it's really like super difficult to do all that and it was really interesting point that you make like yeah there are people who come on there who don't really use the internet maybe right and there are people who mm -hmm. like really just because it was all about just safety and and security and what is going to happen the next 
week mm -hmm. or two, right? And so it was definitely really, really apparent, uh, like important for for people to kind of voice their opinions. And then also like, uh, sorry, I'm talking. There's so many things that you were saying. Yeah, um, there there was um, having having to kind of direct uh, the space and be like, okay, the space is now turning into something kind of like a Twitter thing you know everybody's speaking blah, blah 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 and so that's what you did to counter that you approved posts so that's that was good that you did that right and you guys approved on that as a team to let's moderate posts before we post them because then it's just gonna fester and then you're gonna lose the the, the, the meaning of the group um you guys have now 6.8 thousand right people mm -hmm. um so every time uh you get an alert right you get notifications somebody talking this this and that um do you do you guys scroll every single comment like what is how does yeah, that work i think it's interesting a lot of people think we get notifications for every single comment but we don't which is why we really really encourage people to like tag us if there's something going in down in the comments um, like we generally try to have shifts where there's like pers a person like approving posts and like maybe looking over them in the group. Um, but it's easy. It's a lot easier now where we're approving posts. But I remember when we weren't, um, people would like get really upset at the admins for not seeing every single post. And yeah. at some point there were like a thousand posts being posted a day. Um, and we were like a six person admin team. And I'm like, I'm I'm so sorry, but we simply cannot look at every post and we don't get notifications for every post as well. Um, we only get notifications for things we're tagged in um, or things we've commented on. Um, so sometimes we would comment on posts just to be able to keep an eye on it. If it was like something that's inflammatory or we were like, this is like an important discussion for people to be able to have. Cause we also didn't want to like, we don't want to stop people from having important discussions. I don't think that's ever a thing that we've tried to do. I think we've only stopped discussions that have happened repeatedly. So like at the point where people are just sort of reiterating the same things over and over again, because they want to hear themselves talk, or I guess not hear themselves talk, but like just kind of engage in the same arguments. We just recommend be like, if you search keywords, you'll be able to find all of the points on these topics that have already been reiterated. Um, but yeah, we, I we saw don't, that. Yeah, we don't like we don't want people to not feel like they can't speak in this space. It's more like we don't want you to feel like you can say harmful things in this space, which I think is a really important distinction. And I think sometimes people not knowing that distinction is part of the harm, right? Like the fact that mm -hmm. people are like, you're stopping our freedom of speech because you we can't say like X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, no, we're stopping you from making this space harmful to someone else. Because at the end of the day, if this space is some, a place that people are coming for resources and coming for information, then we can't make it so that they are worried to now come to this group because they might see hateful things. Like that's just not a thing that we can allow because that also is barring people's access, right? Um, but Did yeah, you, so like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, so yeah, so we just ask people to tag us if there's like things happening in the comments because that's the best way for us to be able to like moderate um, like individual arguments or like people saying harmful things and also reporting it not to Facebook but to us allows it like it, it shows up as a notification for us okay and then yeah. that that's so that that you got that up and going with the, mm -hmm. the tagging the tagging did you um so I think that's very interesting because when people are talking online and they say something that is not good and then you tell them like hey this is not a good 
thing to do. Don't do this. Don't say that. It is hate speech. They go, hey, I have a right. Don't don't censor me. So, wow, you 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 are now in that heart of everything with this whole debate between hate speech and and mm-hmm. rights to speak. You you drew the line very clearly, correct? Like, because it wasn't like mm-hmm. you were dancing around. You said, no, we don't tolerate. Let's let's done. That's done. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was no no difficulty to distinguish the the the, the way of discourse correct mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's like we were always really upfront about what we identified as wrong so it was mm-hmm. like it was like if someone was saying something harmful we would literally like put it in a comment also so that other people in the group can because i always am of the opinion that if like one person said it then maybe like 10 people were thinking it um and so i'm like like whenever someone said something harmful, it wasn't just enough to be like, you said something harmful. It was like, you said this and it's harmful because like X, Y, Z. Um, and if they continued saying harmful things, it was like, I'm going to mute you now because you continuing to say harmful things shows that you don't care about the community and the way that this group wants you to care about the community. And then like outlining that in the comments was really important and then following up with them in a like in a like a private conversation was also a really important part of that process so like messaging them and being like hey do you understand why you were muted and some people like were like i don't understand why i was muted i think this is ridiculous i'm leaving the group and i was like okay we would prefer it if you didn't leave um but if you feel like you can't be part of this group and not say harmful things then perhaps that's the, for the best um but a lot like there i also had conversations with people where I like messaged them and I was like, do you understand why this was harmful? And they were like, I didn't really realize it was harmful. And I was like, yes, but it was for these reasons. So like, if you are going to be able to be part of this community, if you're going to be a part of this group moving forward, and if you're going to comment freely, then you have to understand that you can't say things like that because it means that other people don't get to speak. And it means that other people don't get to be a part of this group. So, so you were, sorry. So you started to interject. So just to be very clear, you were, all doing all this at the same time kind of educating people too on the sidelines in in a way because it's like yeah yeah (laughs) you guys are doing multiple things at once yeah okay yeah wow sorry go ahead i was just i was kind of like you know you you yeah sounds crazy man sounds sounds a a lot of stuff is (laughs) happening yeah yeah Yeah. it is i think it was interesting because i i definitely like I think the admin and moderating team, and we've had people come and go off like from the team, um, but especially the people who have been there since the beginning, who have been like really consistent. Um, like one person in particular, like Ray, um, like as things that were happening with Black Lives Matter um, was like, just like, I remember at the beginning of June, um, just like when everything was happening and I was doing a lot of like resource sharing um, on Instagram and I was like trying to do a lot of education um, and they were so incredible because they were like, hey, I will create like a resource document for um, for the like group. And like, you don't have to focus on like educating like white people about racism in this group right now because I know that you're going through a lot. And I think that is also a, a form of support in community, right? Like knowing when someone on the admin team probably just shouldn't have to do the labor of like educating someone on their humanity. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that is also so, so important. And I think that we I'm really glad that our team was able to recognize, like, for instance, like, if someone was being, like, ableist, um, but, like, I wouldn't ask someone who's disabled on our team to step in to, like, educate, like, to educate those people, because I think that, like, 
it's also really important to know that like we as admin teams and moderators are still human like we have you know only the 24 hours in the day that like obviously the this group couldn't become our lives and there were times I do remember days when I was like I feel like this group is taking over my life um and I also had to like I'm sure scale back on like the amount of time that I was spending and like set like reasonable hours for myself um and I think it was I do you know what I will say it wasn't it wasn't like the educating or um like moderating discussions that felt like it was taking the most time it was like I would say like we did we had we offered um like a service basically of like anonymously posting on people's behalf so that like if they didn't want to like broadcast to a community of like six thousand people that they were need because i understand that that's just something that like a lot of people are comfortable with that we would basically make the post for them um people would comment or dm like us as moderators and then we would connect the people who like needed things with people who are willing to help and it was like a way of like sort of like giving people more privacy if they wanted. Um, and yeah, so that was like the thing that also took quite a bit of time. Um, and there were some like, I think especially like right near the beginning, I was getting like something like 20, like uh, not 20, but like like just like sending like 20 messages or so like to different people about like anonymous posts and like trying to connect people. And I think for me that the reason that took longer is because I felt really guilty about like not responding right away um, or not being reactive um, to people who I knew were like being really vulnerable with me. And I think it's really important to like match people's vulnerability and really validate them when they are like doing something that like is super uncomfortable. It's, it's so hard to ask for help. Um, and I think that's like part of the reasons because as a society, we've been taught that like asking for help is a sign of weakness or like we should be able to like do everything on our own. And I think that's impossible, but like, knowing all of that I know how hard it is to ask for help and so I was always like really worried about letting people down um who were like reaching out for help if that makes sense it does it does it really it seems like you you know you didn't have to do this but you did it you and your your fellow uh, colleagues your friends and stuff you you guys you guys did it and um you know that's very admirable that's um, that's amazing uh, because i i even got a lot of help from it too right and just not even asking it was just more observing and looking and go hey somebody already asked a question of something that i would ask mm -hmm. and and then it's like you know ottawa based so it's like oh is there more sanitizers no it's uh there's more here in this location you know and it's that to me is like wow thank god that this Thing was here when it when it was because nobody was there doing it from what I know like I didn't see anything at the time but um you know the community the people the citizens of Ottawa uh whoever they are they came together and they banded and they helped one another and I think that's because you guys you know constructed a a, a an environment for for aid so yeah, thank thank you for doing that, um, and I'm just wondering, like, yeah, the the mentally, the emotional toll too that it might have had on you on your team, um, like the challenges that you guys might have faced during all this, uh, that must have been really hard because social media. If you're on it a lot, it's not good for you. Mm -hmm. But um, how did you? What were the challenges that you faced 
and how did you kind of work around them with dealing with all this um i, I think say. i think it's it was about like supporting each other so like letting each other know that like if you needed to take a step back from moderating that was okay like if you needed a couple of days to yourself if you were dealing with like stuff in your personal life if you were dealing with stuff for like work that was okay and like asking people if they were okay with how many hours they were spending um and like kind of checking in on how everyone was doing um and like i i think that sort of like what you were saying like reiterating that like obviously this is something that people really value right now and i do think that now the group has settled down quite a bit because obviously of the like more like reopening and people are able to sort of like get things on them for themselves so i think now it has become more focused on information sharing um which is also like really great and we're like happy to keep it going um for those reasons um so i will definitely say that like right now it's not nearly as time consuming um as it was like at i would say at the peak of the the virus um but yeah i definitely think it was about like creating a very judgment free space for moderators um and being like really affirming and supportive um because i think sometimes it was really easy for people within the group to be the opposite of affirming and supportive to us um yeah. because i think they did just like and and not like in a, i think it's important for people to hold people who have like power over community spaces accountable but i think at times it definitely felt like people wanted us to be able to do everything um and i think it was really important for us to remind everyone that like hey we're volunteers um unpaid like you know we we are also people we're also we're also dealing with the stress of this pandemic as well um yeah and i think just like reminding everyone of our shared humanity was great but i i want to say that overall the support of the people of the group were also great they were all like like yes we definitely had some people who were like rude but there was also so many people who were like really supportive who were really thankful to the moderators who really abided by like the guidelines that we set out who were good about sharing information um who were really compassionate um and also i think that there was like and i think like the uh, moderators and admins we get like a lot of credit for creating the group and keeping it going but i i genuinely believe that like the heroes i don't know if like i don't know if i like the word heroes but like the people that also allowed the group to keep running were people who like were just consistent helpers um who would like be like doing like five deliveries a day to people sometimes who were like donating a lot of their own money and their time to like make sure that like people needs were being met um and i think those people often had like their mental health was sort of ignored at times and i think it was really important for us to remind um members of the group that like these people were also volunteers um that their boundaries needed to also be respected um but like it wasn't okay to just like message people um asking for them for help like because they had helped before like there was like i think i think the people who were working on the front lines in terms of helping and delivering things to people um often got ignored i guess because like even in any community i think there are probably people who just do more because they like they feel the compulsion to do more um and so yeah i think that their mental health was also really important and i think i had a lot of conversations with people who were doing consistent help like reminding them that it was okay for them to set boundaries with people that it was okay for them to take days off like that the world would keep spinning like if if they didn't do like like five deliveries today that we would get help from other members of the community um yeah so i think that was really important 
Yeah, that's a good, I think that's a really good thing to point out too. Yeah, for sure. For the ones who were doing the deliveries, the ones who are consistent, the ones who are always there. Um, I think that's a very good um, to, to give them a shout out too. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I was just, I'm listening and it's like you guys, you, all of you have created such a really cool way to, to direct people's um, need for aid and also need to help. Um, so it was really cool. You had this tool to, to do it. You made a platform and it was very consistent and it still is consistent. I'm sure, yeah, as you said already, that the numbers or the activity is kind of a little bit lower as things are changing and stage two and all that. But I think it's going to be really good to still have it because <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's, it, you know, it really does help with like just knowing what's up in the city, just mm -hmm. hearing people's like thoughts and just, it's really nice because like you just don't feel alone. You don't feel alone at all. You feel like, okay, I'm not the only one that feels this way or I'm not, you know, I'm not crazy or something like I, it's, you know, everybody's thinking the same thing. Um, I'm definitely going to see all this as it, as the time goes on, like see see how it grows and see how things change. And um, I just want to also mention um, your, what's this, the bakery, what's it called? If you don't mind uh, me asking. Sweetheart Desserts. So sweet, Sweetheart Desserts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then heart is spelled H-A-R-T. Okay, and that's that's like how what's going on with that? Do you have people helping you, or is this you just doing? Yeah, it's, you said it's, you said customers, so I'm thinking, like, is it a, is it a place? Yeah, what is, no, what is, so it's not it's not a it's not like a physical bakery. It's a home based bakery service. Um, and right now, what I like what I started um, in May, I started a subscription box service, and this was sort of like born out of the fact that. Um, so I did a lot of like custom orders before um, the pandemic where I would like cater for um, events or like make cakes for people's birthdays or like special events or just because they wanted a cake. Um, and then when the virus hit, I was like really worried. I, so I like canceled all my orders um, and yeah, like closed my like order form and made sure that people couldn't like order anymore because I was really concerned about um, sort of like encouraging people to gather basically when everyone was like stay home um and also I was concerned about what like it would be like to like be making food myself um and then possibly putting people at risk so I did I self-isolated at the beginning of the pandemic for two weeks um I didn't like my roommate was away um so it was like really easy so yeah I, well not really easy there was obviously like a lot of emotional stuff going on with like being yeah. in the middle of a pandemic alone but um yeah so I self-isolated um and I wasn't showing any symptoms and I was like looking at like the health guides and I was like based I'd like probably I'm not sick like I, I'm feeling good and as time went on like I generally the reason I started um my baking business uh, like last year was because I just like bake a lot um as a form of managing stress um and as a way of just like like I think it's just like a nice way to like feel in control um and like feel like you know even if things are really out of my control and I used to do this a lot when I had a paper coming up um um or like I had an assignment due where I'd be like oh like 
I like procrastinated too much, but like I'll, I'll like make these brownies or I'll make this cake or I'll make this bread. Um, and I'll like, I'll make it for my roommate. And I'm like, at least like they won't starve. Um, and I think it was like this in my mind. I'm like the idea that like, even if the ways that we current, like we value ourselves through like academic success or through work going well, or through like, just like all of the ways that we sometimes are taught to like value whether or not we're being a productive or like good person, like, if those things aren't working out, like, at least I can, like, I can, I can make things that take care of the people I care about. Um, and I think that that's just, like, such a, it's a, it's a very calming idea. And, like, the act of baking then, I think, is, like, very healing to me. Um, and really based on, like, my desire to take care of people around me, my desire to create community. Um, and so, yeah, when I stopped doing baking, like, um, I was, like, stressed obviously because of the whole pandemic thing um and I was baking a lot at home and I was like I really am not a big fan of food waste and I'm making way too much um because like when you make things it's usually like in batches um I'm like I'm making way too much food here like clearly I gotta find a way to like get this to people and so I gave some to my neighbors and like they were really nice um and I'm like but eventually my neighbors are gonna get tired of brownies um so I decided to to open up my business again but with like a subscription box service um and so what happens is basically people pay uh $25 and they get a box of desserts um once a month um yeah and it's just it's like a random assortment of desserts so and it's just like based on like what I'm feeling um like what flavors I want to experiment with, what like fruits and are in season um, so that I can like keep the cost low and also try to like get things locally when possible. Um, and also like based on like what things like I can grow as well or like get from farmer's markets. So like I use a lot of fresh mint. Um, I use like lavender buds sometimes. Um, yeah, and like I, I really love rose water. I love working with pistachios. And so that's been going on for the last, uh, May, June, July, so the last three months, and I just opened up my subscription box form for August, um, and yeah, it's filling up pretty quickly, so. Wow, so yeah. if I were to get something from you, I wanna, I'll pay 25 right, for yeah. a s- subscription, and then I get desserts every uh, each month. No, so you sign up oh. every month, but like. Oh, you sign up every month, okay. Yeah, so gotcha. you. So, so you sign up um, before mm-hmm. the month. So like for right now, people are signing up for August and you can either get once a month or you can get it twice a month. Um, so there's like the bi-weekly deal. And if you get it bi-weekly, then you pay $45. So you save about $5 um, between like, so it's like a little bit of a deal if you get it twice a month as opposed to once. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like a really nice thing. I have lots of people, um, yeah, like lots of people who are like repeat customers and who like have really been with it since the beginning. Um, yeah, and I, I really, I appreciate, I appreciate people like trusting me to just like make them whatever. Um, and really just enjoying it. <laughs> because it, yeah, it, it is, it's a lot of prep because like, I'm, and I'm definitely like I, on the form, like I ask people like about their like allergies and stuff. So it's always very mm. safe. I don't want to put anyone at like risk. True. Um, but yeah, it's, it is just like me getting to experiment with flavors I like and just create delicious things for people and, and they seem to enjoy them. So, yeah. 
I'm I was I was happy to see it. Like I I followed you and on Instagram, and I was like, ah, look at that, it looks good. Um, I'm I'm gonna try it, and I'm I'm really bad with baked goods. Like I should I should stop. Like, I'm <laughs> I no. should stop, man. It's, it's whatever you need for comfort right now. I know, I know, I know, but it's like. Sugar, <laughs> no, yeah. but like, ah, oh, so good, so good. Um, I'm definitely like so happy that people are baking because the more people bake, the better it is for me to eat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am so happy. Like, you go to these grocery stores, like you were saying earlier, like, yeah, flowers are you know, they're all gone, sold out. You know, everybody's everybody's trying to cook and bake and everything, and uh, people are going online and trying new things like this pandemic has turned out to be some kind of baking thing you know everybody's just yeah bake-a-thon right yeah. I will say that that was really stressful for me as a baker um mm. in the first couple of months because I remember once I had like the subscription box coming and I went to the grocery store and there was no flour and I had yeah. like already had a very stressful day like it was just lots of feelings Jeez. lots of emotions and I swear like I thought I was gonna cry in the middle of the grocery store. I was like, "How is there no, no flour? How is there no baking powder?" Because this has like never been a thing that I've experienced. Um, like, <laughs> yeah, baking, I was like, yeah. "I'm like, I, there's always flour. There's always baking powder. Always like that's flour. just yeah. that's just the thing." Um, and I get there and I'm like, "Everyone's baking now. There's no flour." And I just was like, <laughs> I was distraught. Luckily, there was like a local um, Italian grocery store near me who had both things. And I was able to like bake, but I was, yeah. It's like a commodity now, right? Like, you yeah. Bake, yeah. We're like, how much do you want for flour? Yeah. How many pounds? Yeah, the underground, yeah, the underground flour. Everyone's just baking. Because um, it's a way, it's like them, like, you know, you make you can make money from it too, right? Like what you're doing, mm -hmm. selling and stuff, local business, back owned. You know, it's 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 good. You know, flour is, is life. <laughs> flour is yeah. life, man. Um, so wow damn uh and it's just you doing that right do you yeah 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 okay yeah so it has been definitely very important for me to also like put boundaries in place for myself with baking as well so I like I only take as much orders as I can handle um and I've always done that like um even when I like before the pandemic when I was like doing custom orders for people because like obviously I'm still a full-time student I'm doing my master's right now um and yeah, and so it was, like, I like being able to, like, schedule um, and, like, just make sure that I'm not, like, taking on orders when I, like, don't have time to do a good job because I just, I never want to, like, give people something I'm not proud of. Um, yeah. Okay. Wow. Always giving. <laughs> Always giving, which is good. And I know that you're giving yourself, too, love, right? Self-love and everything. Yeah. So that's that's the main thing. Um there are so many things I want to ask you, but I don't want to keep you from, you know, uh, from everything. But I'll ask you uh, one last thing. Like, how are you feeling now with, like, like you know, how, how is it going with you? Like, are you doing okay with, with what's happening with the changes with the, with the pandemic? Your, you know, your cooking, the, the community thing? How yeah, is it I going? think it's interesting I think this is like a really transformative time for a lot of people um I've definitely had a lot of time to reflect on like what I want to like my life to look like um after this pandemic what I want the world to look like what I I think my role within my communities are going to look like and I think that, that has been like really useful in terms of reflection I think that 
that has also come to the surface a lot with I think like um, more discussions of like anti-blackness and police brutality sort of resurfacing um, within like I guess like common discourse. I say resurfacing because I don't think these issues ever went away like not black folks like we're always talking about this um, but I think the way that it has sort of like been brought back into um, I guess like the discourse of like white folks and like non-black people has been really like interesting um, in terms of the way that I also conceptualize like my own wellness um, and my own safety and what I want to do moving forward. And so I think at, in this very moment, other than being like way too hot, I am doing all right. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it, it's way too hot. Um, but are yeah. you are you up? Are you up? Are like are you like up on the floor or like where? Like, yeah. So I'm on like oh, okay. the third floor of like a. Okay. a Five flex, like a yeah. building. Yeah, so I'm like the top apartment building, and I'm yeah. like, it is that heat rises because it's 30. Dancing. What is it's 30? What is it? Now? It's, 30, it's too hot, and with the humidity 30, index, oh, oh, yeah. oh and even if you have your window, like, window, it doesn't even the, the window, there's no breeze, no cool breeze. There's, there's, honestly, I was, I was saying this even about my fan. I'm like, I don't even know if the fan works. As so much as it's just blowing hot air at me like do you know <laughs> but other than the heat and i like whenever i complain about the heat too much i just remember how miserable i get when it's like freezing outside and then i'm like i can deal um you can deal i can you deal. like so, do you like winter better or summer i like when i like summer a lot better and i do yeah. think that there are a lot of really good arguments for about the ways that you can like make yourself warm in the winter but you can't make yourself cooler in the summer like i think that's true i think the reason that i like summer better is the sky um and that like mm. you just get like blue sky and i think that like there's there's nothing better than blue sky of like lush trees um and that's mm. just not a thing i can get in the winter and therefore like my mood is just like depleted like like four days of gray sky in the winter and it's like it goes on for months and months and i'm just no longer like as enthusiastic about the world <laughs> as I am in the summer. So yeah, it's not even a temperature thing for me. It's like environmental. Environmental. All right. Well, uh, okay. I'll let you go because I don't want you to keep melting over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you get it's good to kind of maybe move around just to get some breeze and stuff. Um, yes. Thank you so much, Harar. Thank you so much for speaking and coming in and um, just again taking your time and just talking to whoever's listening so yeah. thank you so much and what you do thank you and and all the people who are behind that community care uh COVID-19 Ottawa like I, I appreciate that and I'm sure a lot of people a lot of people do so yeah it's it's definitely a community I I, I think that it wouldn't be possible without everyone um, who's behind it so I, I really appreciate them Yes, I will stay in contact with you. I feel like it's. Mm -hmm. I, I'm glad that I got to know you just through podcasting a little bit. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely gonna keep in touch, and I'm I'm gonna look into the baked goods, even though I should stay away. Yeah. No, never stay away. They're delicious. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know they are. I can. I, you can just tell from the from the pictures. They they they, they, they look good. They taste good. Um, okay. So again. Merci beaucoup. Ah, thank and, you for having me. And yes, have a and great good day. Luck. Stay you cool too. as well. You too. Thank Bye. you. Bye. <laughs>